0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Sports Medicine Broadcast. I'm Dr. Josh Yellen. It's been a while. Uh, University of Houston, Master of Athletic Trade Program. And I am here with Sean Reedy, uh, who is going to be talking with Keith Jones. And we are here with Keith Jones, who just gave a great talk about professional networking and how to create the best uh, outcomes for the patients that he treats. And so you can look this up at sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash Keith Jones, I think I got that right. So let's start with uh, some questions. And, Sean, I'm going to hand this over to you.
1: Keith, that was an awesome interview, or that was an awesome talk. Um, The one thing that I guess I start thinking about when when I start thinking about strength and conditioning and athletic training is the relationship aspect. And can you kind of touch on what you talked about in your talk there um, about that relationship and building a relationship over your years starting as the strength coach in the NBA and then and then adopting strength and conditioning professionals and building those relationships of how you've, how you've kind of done that over your career.
2: Sure, and thank, thank you for your comment. I appreciate that. It's, it, you know, like I said, starting out, it was there was no strength coach, you know, and then, then I was the strength coach, and I, I didn't have that background, but, you know, talking to people and, and figuring stuff out, and then, you know, as time goes on, you're able to hire a professional somebody that that really knows what they're doing and um it was it was a good process a great change i think it was a great change for the athlete great change for the sport uh great change for the nba but along those same lines it was it was learning uh on both sides you know you had the strength coaches a lot of them were you know from from colleges or and and they'd worked football or, or different stuff so it was like being able to develop Your program catered to the needs of the NBA players. You know, you want to, you still want a long, lean, sinewy, agile guy, but you want him stronger and able to withstand. You know, a a good pounding. You know, eighty-two nights a year. You know, you're playing three and a half games a week, and you're you're traveling, and it's it's a grind, and so. To be able to, as an athletic trainer, to sit with the strength coach and develop a program that's going to be best for the athletes was it was a challenge, but it was a good thing. It is a welcoming thing. And now you see how it's grown, um, you know, where it is today with the, the staffs. I mean, there's there's teams that have six or seven guys in the strength and conditioning department. You know, and, and the analytics and the, the load management and everything, it's it's grown into a science of, it own, of its own. It's, it's good to see, but it was uh, it's it's crucial that, that the strength coach and that trainer, the athletic trainer, the head of performance and the, the um, head of sports medicine um, can build a relationship from the ground up. You know, I mean, like I said in, in my talk coming in at day one, and, you know, let's get it on a personal level. You know, let's, I need to know who you are and, and how, what makes you tick, you know, not as a, not as a professional but, but as a person. You know, what's important to you and, and learn how to support each other and, and then build out from there.
1: That was one of the one things that I wanted to, I think, touch on. Um, throughout my career in college football and, and, and college athletics, I think that is the one place – also having a background and an understanding and an appreciation for strength and conditioning that I've really tried to build is that relationship, that relationship between myself and my strength and conditioning coach or my staff that I've had. Um, Probably, honestly, even a better relationship there than in some of our athletic training staffs just due to the fact that I felt like we could assist each other better if we're having that better relationship um how have you seen that change in terms of i guess now or or let's say back when you started and as you said in your talk one of the big things that guys were doing were they were going and and as athletic trainers we looked at strength and conditioning coaches were there to get you big there to get put on a lot of muscle right Now that is that dynamic has completely changed to the athleticism of the sport and things like that. How have, how, how can we change? How can we, how, I guess, have we changed and adjusted for that?
2: There's been some big adjustments just on the whole school of thought of what strength and conditioning is from an athletic trainer's point of view, right? Um, You know, 30, 40 years ago, You looked at, you know, that was just a guy that, he was a muscle head. You know, he's just picking up weights and pushing a lot of weight around, getting people stronger, getting a bigger chest, and, you know, big, big broad shoulders and and thick back and all that stuff. And wasn't necessarily conducive to the sport of basketball, right? And I think, you know, a lot of trial and error uh, comes, you know, let's see what works and what doesn't work. And let's sit down, you know, me and you. Uh, we're we're both invested in this thing you know we we both need to succeed or we're both going to fail so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you all that I got and all the knowledge I have and and what I what I'm looking for I'll, I'll tell you what I'm looking for I'm telling you what I what I'm scared of okay and then you give me the same thing and we're gonna we're gonna come together and we're gonna figure it out and I think that's what's come through the pipeline in the last you know 30 years is um and especially probably in the last 10 or 15 years is everybody understands that that you know that the strength coach he's like okay I need the trainer to be on my side for one but just to understand what I do and and how I could benefit him and on the athletic trainer side the same way okay this guy he could he can make me look good or he can kill me you know and so it's it's not that it's us against the world, but you know what? If, if we combine our experiences and our strengths and what we can do for the athlete, then on on downstairs, as I always call it, where we work downstairs, we're gonna be it's gonna be hard to penetrate it because we're gonna we're gonna be together, we're gonna be locked in, we're gonna be integrated. You know, if, if a coach comes to us and asks us a question. You'll be able to answer that question just as good as I will because we're together in this thing. And one thing that I didn't mention that, you know, players and coaches, they're different, right? Um, You know, I always see it as a triangle. You have, you know, athletic trainers and strength coaches. You have management. You have coaches, right? So if a coach or a player sees a weakness in your program, they'll kill it they're good at it <laughs> that's it's it's the survival of the fittest thing right so as a strength coach and as the athletic trainer you've got to be together you've got to be integrated and you're looking out for each other's best interest right you're you're together in this thing and and your whole thing is to make a better athlete you know make that athlete is as, as good as he wants to be and as good as he can be so you just got to both be in it together uh
0: so keith you You just brought up the triangle analogy, right? And the one thing that I uh, I think of is the Institute for Health Initiative, their triple aim. Uh, For those that aren't familiar with it, it's basically patient-centered care. And how do we ensure that the patient is in the center of what we're doing? So what I want to do is I want to take athletic training and strength conditioning out of the sports model. And I want to talk to you about... um, how do you take this model in working with other healthcare providers, interdisciplinary collaboration, and apply this to all the settings that uh, athletic trainers function in, right? Because a lot of the settings now that athletic trainers are in don't really have to do with sports anymore, right? The, the place where most people see us are going to be in professional collegiate sports, uh, uh, secondary and intermediate schools but then we've got clinics and physician offices and fine arts and military and all that other stuff. So, you know, one of the things that stood out to me about your profession is that you've been able to really network and pull everybody together over decades. And you've done it at a pretty high level for a very long period of time. So uh, give us just a little bit of advice and some nuggets on what that looks like.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, whatever setting it is, you know, and, and, I think the profession of athletic training, when, when I got into it, it's, I love people, right? And I love to help people, okay? And I think every athletic trainer at some point, when you dig deep down in, that's where it, that's where it starts, okay? And so if you take that to whatever setting you work with and say, okay, I know my skill set. You know, I, I, I know what I'm kind of good at and I know what I do and I know what I like and I know who I am, right? So let me help. Let me help. The focus would be that patient or that dancer, like you said, if it's fine arts or that NASCAR driver or that Amazon employee or that fireman or that policeman. That is my goal, okay? So I'm going to take the people that I know, because I don't know it all. All I know is what I know. But I, if if I have a question, I could call somebody that I know that's more of an expert in that. I'll pull all my resources together, put a team together to help that person in the middle.
0: Right? We would call you the collaborator. <laughs> that's what you are, right? <laughs> that, that's, that's your superpower.
2: That, you know what? I, I think in, in 30-something years in the NBA, that's, I would say my greatest success was establishing the relationships that I have with people, yeah. you know, to be able, I always, you know, I, like I said, I don't know it all. I only know what I know, but I think when I call somebody, they'll pick up the phone and talk and help me figure it out. And I think that's my greatest success.
1: When you talk about collaboration in your, in your presentation, you actually talked about spending time in each other's space and i think that that's an extremely important aspect that a lot of us as athletic trainers haven't done. We haven't gone into the weight room and truly sat there and watched training and talked to the strength and conditioning coach about training, about why they're training what they're training. And that's something else that you started talking about. Like how can we excuse me, cross what we're doing and not overdo what we're doing? And not, if we're hitting the same, something similar, they shouldn't be doing that. They don't need to be doing that potentially in the weight room. Correct. If, if they're doing it in the weight room, we don't have to do it in the athletic training room or in the rehab setting. So how have you built that relationship? How, how have you spent that time in there without trying to be? And I, and, and I kind of talk, I'll talk to this in the high school, college athletic trainer where how many times now do we feel like when we go in there our strength coach is like well this guy's checking on me <laughs> yeah. and and build that relationship because i've done it i've I've, sure. I've felt like i'm that person that people are questioning like what's this guy doing but then i've built that relationship yeah. how have you done that
2: that's the same thing as like i said just being in each other's space going into the going into the weight room you know if you're, if you're sitting at your desk and there's you know, if you have some paperwork, you have to do or something to put on the EMR, you know, and you're like, OK, you know what? I can do that in 30 seconds, but I'm going to go over here in the weight room and just hang out and talk and, you know, ask questions and and just get the vibe over there and, and, and see what's going on and see how I could help and and learn, you know, educate yourself, watch what they're doing. Right. And then a lot of times I'll see this the strength coach and. He'll walk through the train room, going, you know, to get something to eat or something, and you know, you stop him and and invite him, you know, you you're welcome here. This this is you. You come in here and sit and talk, and and just like I come in there and sit and talk, you know, because we, we're gonna we're gonna put our ideas together. We're gonna we're gonna share ideas. If if you see something that I'm doing that you don't like, or something that I say you don't like, let's talk about it. You know, let's get on the same page and and uh, be able to to help these athletes. And that's, you know, like I said, just to collaborate. It's a it's a good term, but just to to sit and and be together and figure things out. And it's fun. It's fun. And you'd be surprised by doing that as an athletic trainer how much better you'll be as an athletic trainer. And I think the strength coaches will say the same thing that, you know, I, I, I sat, I watched and okay. So I'm, I'm doing a isolated, you know, back exercise this way. And I went in the training room, I went in the weight room and I saw the strength coach doing something the same. Well, let me, let's, let me figure that I could put that into my program and maybe he can take some other things. And so now we really got something. Okay. So am I going to do that in my space or, can, hey, maybe you can take this little nugget and put it in your space, and you could take care of that, and I could do this. So it's all, you know, it's the the, the three musketeers. You know, it's one for all, all for one. However they said that, you know, and every, like I said, everybody's you got to be bought in, and and you can do the lip service of it and say, oh yeah, we're integrated, we do everything, you know. But then you you walk out your door and do your own thing. You got to be in, and I think it's important for athletic trainer like said you know check your ego let's let's figure it out
1: i i think that's one of those two where you just need to have that conversation every day it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be and i don't think i don't think that's done enough i think in the professional and and in some of the college world it is sometimes even in the professional it's not i i know of staffs that, that they even have problems with that but just not having enough conversations right between themselves to know, like, what your queuing is or or what you're doing. Um.
2: Yeah, we would, you know, a lot of times we were fortunate because we spent, you know, time on the road, right? So Mm. we were gone 120 days a year Mm. where we were together, whether you wanted to be or not. You're on the same plane. You're in the same hotel, you know. So we always made a point to, you know, with the, the athletic training staff and the performance staff, let's go grab dinner somewhere, right? If we were lucky, we one of the players would tag along and pay for it. (laughs) But um, you know, we would go and we we'd we'd sit and you know have a couple drinks and just sit and talk. And I mean, we talk about kids and talk about family and and talk about players and coaches and you know talk good about some of them, talk bad about some of them, right? But we would talk, and we developed that that communication, that relationship right there, and so it was easier. You know, if you had to say, hey, you know, I don't want the guy doing this in the weight room today because of this. You know, what what are some other ideas that you think he can do? I, I know you want to lift upper body today, but he's having some problems with, you know, uh, posterior shoulder or something. So what you, you have some ideas, let's, you know, toss those around. OK, cool, because now it's it's not strength coach and trainer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Keith and David. Colleagues, you know, yeah, your colleagues. colleagues. So now, now we can and talk. friends, yeah. Now and we, we can, can talk. speak openly. It's a whole different level of right. communication, right?
0: Um, you know, a few things that you have talked about and some things that I have observed from you um, is that ability to create those personal relationships, and you touched on this quite a bit in your talk. And really, what it comes down to is getting outside your box and connecting with people. On a personal level, right? Not just, hey, you do this and I do that. But it's about really knowing who they are and um, finding out what makes them tick and um, knowing that if you need something, you can call that other professional and they're going to be there for you because they know that you're going to do the same thing. That's it. Um, And ultimately, those relationships, they, you know, they go and help uh, the patients that we're serving. That's, right. that's a fact. So talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about some of the techniques that you have developed over time. Because when you're really talking, I, you know, Keith, I look at you and I think about leadership. That's what I think about. And, uh, you know, part of the talking I'm going to give today is there are just so many different definitions and types and categories of leadership. So talk a little bit about what type of leadership do you think you took on over the decades and how has that developed over time?
2: That's a great question, you know, and, and I, I look at leaders and, you know, you hear the term and, and I never really view myself as that, you know, I just, I mean, I, you know, obviously I am and I have been, you know, but I just, um, you know, like I said, I, I want to help. So, um, you know, through many years and a lot of experiences and everything, you, you learn what to do and what not to do. Right. And so you're able to a lot by your actions to show people, you know, how how to navigate this thing and a lot by, you know, just having friendly conversations with them, you know, and then there's times where you you have to pull them aside. You know, hey, don't don't do that. We're not doing that this way or you need to do this. You know, you got to step up and do that. And so it's it's a lot of different ways to lead people. Um, But I think you have to. Like I said, you first have to have some empathy. Okay, if where is that guy at? Why is he, you know, not acting or or, or performing a, a certain way? Look at the situation he's in. So what what would you do? You know, and then then it's how can I help him? Okay, and I think that's a sign of a good leader. Is you know you you assess the situation, you look at the resources you have. And the relationships you have and what you could put into that person. Say, so, okay, now how can I help you? And that's, that's kind of my style. So you just described, I don't know if you know
0: this, but you just described the, most, uh, the, the two most uh, sustainable types of leadership that we know of. Uh, one is it's under the umbrella of transformational leadership, which is what you're doing. But the other one that you've taken on that you just described was called servant leadership, right? And you're there to serve others. To help
2: others. That's it.
0: And when we look at the data and the research and leadership, those two combine to make the most effective, the most sustainable agents of change.
2: That's it. I mean, and I, you know, that's call it what you want. I mean, call it faith or whatever, but I mean, that's, I, I think that's what everybody's here for. Everybody's put on this planet to help somebody else. And when, when, when you get to that point or when you see that sometimes, you know, when you see that in a group of people where everybody is concerned about everybody else and concerned about the end goal, it's, it's really cool. It's really fun.
0: I'm I'm just happy to be in his presence to be honest. And let me just tell you, Keith, me and Sean, we go back now about nine years and, uh, we both sat for the Texas state license at the same time. Oh, I wow. had just arrived in in Texas and I had to go sit for it. Sean was in Texas previously, was state licensed, but then left the state for a little bit and fell in that little loophole. I think it was 18 yes. months, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he had to retake, retake the test it. and somehow the universe brought the two of us together. That's awesome. How, how the building didn't <laughs> explode, I don't know. <laughs> But we recognized each other. I mean, we had never met each other, but instantly we we were just drawn to sit next to each other. And we just started talking. And, you know, and in, now the sports, you. in the sports world, right, <laughs> they'll say game recognizes game. That's right. And we knew it from day one. And, you know, That's uh, awesome. he's gone on and done some great things. It's incredible. I watch his career from social media and he's doing some great things. That's great. And I'm happy that. to be sitting next to him again. yeah man man.
2: you're doing some pretty cool things yourself oh i appreciate that you really are thank you i i think
0: that i uh like you i feel like uh this is my purpose that's it and uh i'm fortunate that there are two things that i believe very strongly in um one is affordable and accessible education and the other is affordable and accessible health care and um I'm fortunate enough to straddle both. That's awesome. Yeah. And I can influence and implement and it's part of my role. I get to interact with Hall of Famers, you know, superstars like the two of you. Yep. So it's all about getting all the people in the right place at the right time. So we can affect change and make sure that the future of what we're doing can last way beyond
2: what we're doing. That's it. And if you like you said, if you if you love what you do then you'll never work, right? Just keep doing what you're doing. Okay,
0: but how am I supposed to get a paycheck, then?
2: Off your good looks and charm. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. All right, Keith,
0: if people want to reach out, get a hold of you, what's going to be the best way to do that?
2: You can get me at keith.jones at memorialherman.org. So this
1: is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash Jones again live at the Memorial Hermann Sports Medicine Update. And that is a wrap. Thanks.